The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Host and moderator Bonnie D. Graham talks with the experts about how game-changing technologies can help you achieve financial excellence for your company. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. And yes, and if you want to run with the game-changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz, strategic planning. Ooh, it's truth time, boys and girls. Is your company doing the right stuff or the dumb stuff? I said it, dumb stuff when it comes to annual budgeting, planning, and control. Let me give you some examples. Do you measure activity? Or do you measure outcomes? Very important question. What about having a clear vision of what success looks like? Not just a big success on your T-shirts, on your sweatshirts, on your coffee mugs. How do you gauge performance? And are old, stale finance practices becoming a roadblock, preventing you from becoming a lean, agile, mean, adaptive organizations? A lot to consider. So take a break from all of these stresses and listen to what our experts have to say. Today we'll be speaking with Colin Cooper from ISSEL, I-S-S-E-L. He says, what is the point of knowing how well you're performing if you don't do anything about it? Creating reports doesn't improve performance, but strategic initiatives do. And if the two are not directly linked, you're stacking the deck against yourself. Very important words of wisdom from Colin Cooper. He'll be coming on in just a few minutes. Also joining us today is Steve Player from BBRT. I'll tell you what that means. Beyond Budgeting Roundtable. That's why he's here. And Steve quotes the, the eminent Mike Tyson. Everyone has a plan till they get punched in the face alternate version of that quote is till they get punched in the mouth take your pick steve will be explaining in a few minutes and rounding out our panel today is tim tyser from sap and he quotes peter drucker the best way to predict the future is to create it also words of wisdom so join us for the next hour for how to hit a home run strategic game plan i'm bonnie d graham welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP. We are live. It's Tuesday, May 7th, 2013, and this is episode number six. Quick question for my Game Changer listeners. Are you looking for enterprise-grade mobile apps that give you secure information when and where you need it? Huh, like corporate email? business intelligence BI dashboards, and customer inventory and sales data, go to any banner on our page on Voice America Business Channel, click and go look for a free Aberdeen white paper on secure delivery of corporate information. It's on us. Okay, let me tell you who my panelists are today. Colin Cooper is Commercial Director of ISIL, a specialist SAP partner focusing on SAP strategic management. And I quote Colin in his bio. He says, prior to getting mixed up in the software world, haha, he spent 18 years on the other side of the fence as the one who devised and executed strategies in consumer durables manufacturing and consumer services businesses. Welcome, Colin Cooper. How are you? Hi, Bonnie. I'm good. Good to be Where here. Where are you? Co- 
Thank you. Where are you calling from today, Colin? I'm calling from sunny London. Yes, it's actually sunny. <laughs> I was going to say that's an anomaly in itself. That's a game changer weather report. We'll be talking to you more in the next coming minutes. Thank you, Colin. And Steve Player is joining us. Steve is the North America Program Director for Beyond Budgeting Roundtable, working with member companies to implement continuous planning processes. He's also Managing Director of Beyond EPS Advisors, a business consultancy. He's the founder of ABM Smart, and as if he's not busy enough, Steve is co-author of Future Ready, How to Master Business Forecasting, and Beyond Performance Management, and five other books that would fill a whole show. How are you, Steve, and welcome to Financial Excellence. How are you today? Good, Bonnie. Thanks for having me. Things are great here in Washington, D.C., Oh, wonderful. Is it sunny there, and how are the cherry blossoms? It's raining like it was London. (laughs) Okay, I see we're going to have a good time today. We'll be talking to you and calling about weather reports. And Tim Tizer is a business support principal in SAP's Business Transformation Services Organization. Tim has 10 years of experience before SAP. He was a consultant who delivered successful customer projects all over the world, Europe, Asia, the U.S., in this areas of CRM, business intelligence, and IT strategy. Welcome, Tim. How are you today? Very well as well. Looking outside the window, seeing sunshine here in Germany as well. Oh, so we've got sunny Germany, sunny London, sunny New York, and rainy as a banshee Washington. Good to know. Okay, it's time for us to go do a deep dive into the opening of the show. I'm going to ask you each to break down your quotes and tell us a little more so our listeners will whet their appetites for what's coming up in the rest of the show. Colin Cooper from Issel said, what's the point of knowing how well you're performing if you don't do anything about it? Reports don't improve performance, but strategic initiatives do. You have to link the two or else you're stacking the deck against your own success. Colin, talk to me. Words of wisdom. What do we mean? Well, Bonnie, what it is is that so often people spend a whole deal of time focusing on creating reports and presenting them and so on. But the problem is, precisely as I'm saying, unless you do anything about it, unless you actually put things in place to improve that performance, you're just looking at pretty pictures. And it's it's remembering what the outcome is that you're trying to achieve. And that outcome is to, you're aiming to improve performance. And it won't happen by magic. It happens by hard work, by creative thinking, by planning, um, but actually doing things. And that's why I think it's so important that you've got to link the two. Because unless the two are linked together, you won't get the end result that you're really looking for. So, Colin, I'm going to ask you a a question now. Which came first, the creation of the reports or the strategic plan that the reports are supposed to prove or disprove, help or help guide? What what do you do first? Well, um, sometimes I wonder in some organizations. (laughs) Yes. um, The the logical way ought to be um, a, 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 a virtuous circle of analysis, i.e. reports, which then um, identify things that need to be achieved uh, or improved. So you then put an uh, uh, initiative in place, and then you analyze, uh, you actually do something, um, uh, uh, execute on that initiative, which then hopefully is going to improve that performance, and then you you start the analytic circle again. Um, Too often it's the case of we must do something, um, but what are we doing and why and how are we organizing it? Um, and this visibility of, around organ, the organization and what you're doing is uh, too often um, where things get lost. 
Okay, good, good, good. A lot of good information, a lot of good point of view to talk about in the rest of the show. Thank you, Colin. Let's move to Steve Player, Beyond Budgeting Roundtable. Interesting name for your organization. Why don't you tell me a drop about that before we do your Mike Tyson quote. Talk to me, Steve. Well, the organization was founded in uh, late 97, early 98 to find better ways to plan and control. And it was meant to be a community of practice, a group of companies coming together, combining research funds, and going out and finding very innovative things, a way to change the world. And from those humble roots, we built the 12 Beyond Budgeting Principles, and we literally are re- revolutionizing the way people plan and control their organizations. Leveraged off very. a lot of great companies who were really the pioneers in exploring these methods. Very, very interesting, and that's why you're here with us on this expert panel today. Now, let's dig into your quote from Mike Tyson. As I said, there are various various variations. I'm not sure whether that's a conundrum or a, uh, a whatever. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face or punched in the mouth. The point is until you get punched and knocked off your stance. So what good is a plan if you don't foresee where these punches are coming from? Steve, what do you think? Well, the quote's very interesting because you think the visual of the boxing, you don't know where the punches are coming from. You might know your opponent's tendencies, but he's deliberately trying to tag you. He's not He's not trying to let you defend his punch. If you think mm-hmm. about competitive organizations, businesses today, the competition is deliberately trying to land blows. I mean, they're trying to hit you. There's a tremendous amount of things that we don't know about, the assumptions that go into most plans about what's going to happen with the economy, what's going to happen with, with uh, European issues, what's going to happen with currency fluctuations, what's going to happen with the price of oil. If you take a look at the most prevalent planning tool we have in, in financial management, it's to put together an annual budget, but it's based on a bunch of assumptions that typically are wrong shortly after you come up with them. So the real question you have to step back and ask is, why are we doing that? Because it looks like pretty dumb stuff. Hmm. And we talked in the beginning about are you are you doing the right stuff or the dumb stuff? Sometimes I would imagine, Steve Player, you don't know that it's dumb stuff until you get that punch in the mouth, and then you have to go and retrofit and reorganize and, and recreate and re-strategize. Is that true? Well, Bonnie, getting a punch in the mouth is just the, the, the uh, this part of business. You're going to get punched. What's mm-hmm. dumb is to keep doing the same thing over and over again and knowing you're going to get punched every time. The dumb stuff is after you get punched, not changing your process. We go back to next year, we budget and plan the same way, we have the same worthless negotiations, we waste the same amount of time, and lo and behold, a month or two into the year, the assumptions are out of date again. So we just keep running the same thing over and over and expecting something to change, the definition of insanity. And that's, that's the right. stuff we've got to stop is to step back and look at our processes that are broken and find better ways to overcome those. Fortunately, with the roundtable, we've got, we've got some great examples of how people have found better ways to plan and control and stop doing dumb stuff. Exactly right, exactly right. Thanks for the definition of insanity. I was going to say the same thing, and we want to have a little less insanity here, so we've asked Tim Tynzer from SAP to join us on the panel. And Tim says, quoting Peter Drucker, the best way to predict the future, which is what we're talking about, is to create it. Talk to me, Tim. Great quote. What do you think about it? Yeah, exactly. So strategy management, strategic planning, financial success management, all of that can sound very abstract for many employees, something that is very difficult to influence. And that's exactly what I like so much about this quote, because it indicates and shows shows us clearly that each of us individually can move from a pure reactive mode to a more proactive mode, really can contribute and create the future. What I also like about this, it's a very broad theme. Uh, When you look at this quote, it is attributed to different people, politicians, computer scientists. That that shows us it's a very holistic concept and uh, very relevant from various aspects, and it needs to be applied. 
Very interesting perspective. Uh, I know Peter Drucker is very oftenly quoted in business, very often, silly me, oftenly, often quoted in business for a good reason because these are such sound words. Now, interesting concept here, Tim, of predicting the future, creating it. Predicting, I would think creating is really the, the key here. Uh, what about the idea of what Steve mentioned, the Mike Tyson quote about you have a, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face or the mouth. How does that Factor in, since there are so many unpredictables, since there are so many factors and risk that just keeps creeping in, what do you think? Exactly, and that makes the difference for me between a good plan and a not-so-good plan. So having a strategy and a plan that's resilient, that's flexible, and that takes a couple of punches and will not fall down when the first punch hits and can get up again and find a way to, to thrive again. So this is really okay. important for me, a strategy that a lot of things can happen. We heard that before from Steve, macroeconomic mm-hmm. factors, the, the price of oil, and your strategy has to be prepared to take those punches. Okay, so we're covering a lot of ground here. I hope you all stay with us for the rest of the hour. We're talking today to Colin Cooper from ISIL, Steve Player from Beyond Budgeting Roundtable, the BBRT, Tim Tynzer from SAP. Our topic is how to hit a home run strategic game plan. You're going to learn a lot, so don't even think of touching that app, that dial. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. When we come back, we're going to do another question. Quote from my notes from Colin Cooper. Here's a quote. I think a lot of you might be falling back on this. It's not a good place to be. The quote is, nobody tells me anything. Oh, poor you. Let's find out why not and what you have to do in your organization to make sure you're not the one left out in the cold. The other powerful question we're going to ask is, so what? It's a question about analytics. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that app. Brad, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now. According to IDC, by 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Comments? Questions? Send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the show at hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to financial excellence with Game Changers. And here we are, and it's time to find out what my guests are drinking today. Colin Cooper, Issel, what are you drinking? What's in your cup today, Colin? Tell me a story. 
Well, Bonnie, it's still not quite, uh, not quite past the, the sun's not past the yard, yard arm yet. So it's still only tea. It's good, good English tea, good properly, properly brewed, nice, nice brown colour, and strictly no sugar. Um, I used to be a real sweet tooth person, but then many, many moons ago, I went uh, and spent some time in Brazil. And by the time after a month or so of uh, a cafezinho, which is half coffee and half sugar, um, mm-hmm. I think I had my lifetime's, uh, my <laughs> lifetime's requirement for sugar, so strictly no sugar. 50, 50. And tell me, what flavor is your favorite tea, Colin? It must be a special name or a brand or something. Tell me. Well, it's, to me, it's got to be um, an English breakfast, a good English breakfast tea, that sort of thing, just because it's um, the afternoon, doesn't stop you drinking it. And no, I have not, I'm afraid, Bonnie, I've not laid on the red carpet. I'm not drinking from Bone China. It's strictly <laughs> a, um, a normal mug, which is well, very effective. Colin, after the show, I'm going to get your address, and we're going to send you the official SAP Coffee Break with Game Changers mug, and everything will taste even better. I guarantee it. So thank you. that is something. There you go. Something to talk about. Steve Player, (laughs) what are you drinking today, Steve? Well, I'm in Washington, D.C., which unfortunately is the the land of sandbagging and sidestepping. Okay. Uh, a lot of activity, but not a whole lot of, of accomplishment. So the moonwalking is prevalent everywhere you go around this city where everybody looks like they're doing something and they really aren't accomplishing anything. So in that okay. kind of environment, I wanted to have a good cup of transparency. So I'm drinking Nestle's Pure Life Water uh, so I can keep talking and uh, and uh, avoid the, uh, the obstification that's all around me. Well, that was eloquent, probably one of the most eloquent what's in your cup ever. Thank you, Steve Player. And Tim Tynzer, SAP, what are you drinking today, Tim? Well, Bonnie, I actually would like to exchange my cup with a glass and pour some beer into it, and let me tell you why. (laughs) So I'm located here at the SAP headquarters in Germany, and we all know that Germany has a long and proud beer tradition. Yes. And uh, while for our listeners in the U.S. and especially on the West Coast, it might be the right time right now for a hot cup of coffee in the morning. So I'm lucky my working day is almost over. It's after 6 p.m. in the evening, and the cold beer might be the right choice right after this call here. And lastly, also in honor of the fact that SEP customers are brewing the more than 70% of the world's beer production, thanks to all the beer breweries. And uh, I think that also deserves to be a later on. For the moment, I stay fully focused. I'll stay with my glass of water here and looking forward to a beer later. Well, thank you. Does the beer you're going to have later have a name? Can you tell us your favorite? Well, um, there are some German brands here. I'll stay neutral. I tell you, it's, it's going to be a German wheat beer. Okay, sounds very interesting. And thank you all for your coffee cup I, uh, information. I thank you very much. Very interesting. These segments get more and more interesting every time we do them on the show, and thanks for playing. Now it's time to get serious. Our topic today is how to hit a home run strategic game plan. We're talking about the difference between just planning, old, stale financial practices, and how to do strategic initiatives that are going to really work, take into account risks, and have a plan that is able to take you into the future and toward your success. So let's talk to Colin Cooper. Colin, let's kick off the roundtable. I love the quote you sent me in your notes before the show. I think this is something 
I'm sure a lot of people wish they had this on their T-shirts or a little flag on their desk at work, but it's really a fallback. Nobody tells me anything. And you said alignment is about a clear understanding by all involved of where the organization is trying to get to. Performance management has to be about the two C words, communication and collaboration. Too often the people who have to make it happen are left out of the conversation. So let's start with that conversation. Colin, how do we get people to talk so that the right people know the right stuff? Tell me. Well, I think the, one of the first things is that we've got to demystify these, some of these frightening words like strategy and uh, alignment. What does that, that actually mean? And to make mm-hmm. sure that the people um, who are going to be doing things realize that strategy is not something that is uh, contained within the C-suite. It's something which actually affects everyone within the organization. Because when it comes down to it, who are the people who are going to actually carry out that strategy, going to make it happen? They're the people who are actually at the coalface, the guys who are, uh, and, and girls who are seeing the customers, the people who are going to be talking on those phones, responding to those queries, all these people who very often um, wouldn't necessarily be comfortable with, uh, with fancy words, but they know exactly what's happening in their part of the organization. And they're, so their part of the organization has to have a view of that strategy that makes sense to them. And this is where the communication and collaboration comes in. If strategy is just something which is talked about maybe at an all-hands meeting once or twice a year, mm-hmm. what happens in three months' time when someone's saying, now what did they say? What were we really trying to achieve? Uh, there's, an, there's an old joke that someone's lost in the countryside and they, um, they ask one of the locals and say, how do I get to this place where I'm trying to get to? And uh, the answer comes back saying, well, if I was you, I wouldn't start from here which is all very well and maybe the case, but the problem is we are starting from where we are. So how are we going to get to where we want to go? And this is where the communication and collaboration comes in to, first of all, know where you're trying to get to. So yes. you have, uh, what are the outcomes the, uh, you're trying to achieve? Um, and not just focus on, um, uh, on bare numbers. Colin, where does the responsibility come from for that communication, collaboration, and the bigger word, I think, conversation? Whose responsibility? Is that a C-suite conversation that has to filter down? Does it come from managers at mid-management level? Where does it come from? Where does this energy of we must communicate, we must be part of this, living and breathing this plan and moving ahead? Well, whilst it starts, it, whilst it's got to come all the way through the organisation, the real um, the real reference point has to be from the top. Because if there isn't that communication from the top, the desire to actually share that information to to enable people to understand, if there isn't that commitment there, it's going to be so much more difficult for the people um, in between to make sure that gets there. There's, um, I heard a great story about how um, an organization in a public sector organization, uh, Parks and Recreation, would actually got the people who were sitting on those lawnmowers and talked to them about what they were trying to achieve and how they were measuring themselves. And so they actually understood why they, why they were being asked to do things, why they were being told not to mow the, mow the grass during lunchtime when people wanted to sit on it. These sorts of mm. things, actually communicating to the people who actually make, a, uh, who make the real difference to people um, 
jokingly, uh, that's performance management in the field. But that really is what it's all about. It really is outstanding in your field. I want to thank you, Colin. I want to bring Steve Player into this. Steve, we're going to introduce another C word here. The word is consultants. And you told me before the show, you say consultants seem to have forgotten Peter Drucker's advice. And I will quote, the biggest waste is waste is to do efficiently that which should not be done at all. So while we're talking about strategy, putting together a game plan and hitting that home run and mowing that field when nobody else wants to be having their lunch break on it, what does this have to do with consultants in terms of putting that, that plan together? Steve? Well, if you go back to what Colin suggested there, there's a strategic plan or some kind of consultant-driven vision that says where we want to be in five years. Mm-hmm. In many cases, though, it's produced, it's put in a binder, it's put on a shelf. It's a field of dreams that says, you know, let people know kind of that's where we want to go. But then we turn right around and we consume them with a series of day-to-day activities. We put together an annual budget, which we negotiate. Because we always want to hit our targets, everybody's consumed with negotiating easily reachable targets. And they're Mm -hmm. based on a bunch of assumptions that turn out to be wrong. So we spend all our management time not focused on the five-year strategy, but instead focused on hitting the one-year target. And we do all kinds of weird things that tell our organization we really don't care about the strategic plan. Because whenever we're not going to get to that one-year target, we start slashing here and cutting there and doing all kinds of things that give us the illusion that we're getting to a number, but we're doing it often by robbing the next four years of any ability to get to the long-term plan. So what management actually communicates is, is the complete opposite of their avowed direction to go toward the strategy because they look, the mechanics, the budgeting process, the actual reporting and the execution, it loses sight of the long-term and you start paying people to hit the short term, the one year, and all of a sudden everybody knows the long term really doesn't matter. And so what happens with strategy, no matter how elaborately concluded, it's not integrated into the process. And that's dumb stuff. That We wonder why we're not getting to the five-year plan, because we quit looking at the five-year plan shortly after we produced the binder. And instead we look at the one-year plan, and we're looking at a bunch of assumptions that turned out to be wrong, and then we're trying to manipulate the organization to get back to a future that we thought we could get to in one year based on assumptions that were wrong. And so the whole management process, I, I fear, is far more dysfunctional than, than, than we can solve just with communication. And consultants, in many cases, you know, collaborate and, you know, they, they, uh, they focus on fostering that process because they're happy to sell whatever anybody's willing to buy. Exactly. So we want to make the budgets better. We want to make them faster. We want to do all these kind of tweaks. And we've still got the ladder leaning against the wrong wall, but we want to give you a better ladder. And instead, we've got to stop back and think about what are we doing and that fundamentally needs to be changed radically to get to a better place. Thanks, Steve. I want to bring Tim Tynzer from SAP into this. Tim, I have a couple of notes here from you that are, some of them are aligned with what Steve is saying and some I'm not sure. So let me read this to you and, and tell me where you stand on this. Number one, you say, allow, and this goes right with what Steve said, allow sufficient time for strategy execution before you change the strategy. I think that's a line. But the other comment I want you to talk about is divide and conquer. You say very realistically, strategies easily and often get too complex for execution. So you advise chop the strategy into manageable pieces to ensure execution. Talk to me, Tim. Where are we? Exactly. So I really believe um, very often strategies, as you said, are very complex. And let me give you an example. SAP as a company some years ago, had the goal of becoming a 10 billion euro company in terms of revenue. And how do you achieve that? As an individual employee, what can you do? It's very intangible in the very beginning. How to break this down into smaller pieces? That's the key question for me. 
And one element, of course, is how to break this down by numbers, by region, by product category. We all know about that. But also, how do we show individuals and teams how they can influence that and, um, and really contribute to that strategy? And I think there still room for improvement. As you said, we are not fully aligned here, perhaps. Divide and conquer, put it into smaller pieces, tackle them, and then build the whole picture again. So you're not saying to destroy the five-year plan and break it into a one-year plan, let's get there and then we'll rethink the whole thing. You're saying just break it down so you have bites of that elephant you can chew off one at a time and mark off the progress toward the bigger plan. Is that right? And that is the trick, how to keep it aligned, break it into smaller pieces, execute on the smaller pieces without losing the big picture, making sure that at the end of the day the elephant can be put together again. <laughs> that's, that's very good. You know what? We're going to head for our break, our halfway break. When we come back, I'm going to ask Tim, since you were the last one to talk in this part of the roundtable, we're going to kick it off with some numbers talk. You can't manage what you don't measure. Tracking and measurement are essential for strategy execution and hitting that home run. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. We've only just begun, so don't even think of touching that app. Tim, Steve, and Colin. Colin, are with me. We'll be right back. Brad, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now. According to IDC, by 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Welcome back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Comments? Questions? Send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the show at hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers. And financial excellence usually talks about numbers, and that's where we're going to head in this portion of our roundtable on financial excellence. I have a quote here from Tim Tynzer from SAP. He says, you can't manage what you don't measure. Tracking and measurement as essential success factors for strategy execution goes with our topic today of hitting a home run, strategic planning, game plan success. So, Tim, talk to me. What are we supposed to be measuring? What are companies at different levels of the food chain, I'll call it, not the supply chain, the food chain, the small company, the small to mid-sized enterprise, the gigantic companies, the behemoths, what are they supposed to be measuring and tracking? What's the right thing to track? Talk to me, Tim. Exactly. Let me start with a little visual example here to, uh, to visualize that quote. Everybody has heard that quote. It's a little bit overused, perhaps, but still very true in my opinion. Let's all 
imagine we're driving our car in the morning to work, and all of us know how to do that exactly. But let's imagine for a moment we don't have any dashboard in front of us. We don't have any information. We have to estimate our speed. We have to estimate uh, how much gas is still in our tank. All of a sudden, these uh, tasks we're all very well accustomed to become very difficult because we have not the information we need to have. And breaking this down now into corporate strategy, we all know the, the common KPIs of revenue, profitability. Um, mm-hmm. Now the trick will be to have new KPIs set up, how to measure innovation, things that we don't have in place yet. This is the future for me. Okay. I, 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 oh. Bonnie, it's Colin here. I'd just like yes, to please. add um, that Tim's absolutely right, but there's a, um, there's a real danger there. Um, and uh, a great quote from Albert Einstein. Um, now, if someone knows something, it's probably him. And, and he said, not everything that counts can be counted, not everything that can be counted counts. And, and this is a real elephant trap that we can fall into. Uh, and uh, IT is, is a problem here in a way because we can measure most things nowadays. And the problem is that we end up measure, going about it that if it moves, measure it. And so you've got to ask that question, so what? Why are we measuring it? So Tim's absolutely right. You've got to measure it, measure things, but you mustn't go over the top because there's only a certain number of things you can actually focus on. But, but Colin, go ahead. I want to ask all of you, what's the difference between measuring activity and outcome? I know more and more we're focusing on outcomes, but everybody wants to say, I did 12 of these, my department did 15 of that, and that takes us to our big question in analytics, doesn't it? It's, so what? So the answer is, if you have to say, so what, then does that mean it's not something worth measuring, or you have to take it further? Who wants to help me with this? The biggest problem I think we've got, Bonnie, this is Steve, mm-hmm. the biggest yes. problem I think we've got is we consume our people with measurement skills doing a bunch of worthless measurements. For instance, we measure to see actual versus budget. The budget was created based on assumptions in the middle of the previous summer. As soon as those assumptions change, the budget goes out the window. Yet each month we see an, send an army of management accounts throughout the company doing budget variations, but exp- explaining why what we thought in the middle of the summer was previously wrong. And so we've got to first stop and create some time and space for people to start measuring the right things. And that doesn't mean huge levels of detail. It means what are the really important things, what are the big rocks that will predict the future. And so we've got to back up uh, and, and, and measure things like, as, as uh, Tim recommends, innovation and things that aren't immediately measurable by counting something, but instead we have to look deeper and find better ways to, to reach the things that are really important to achieving the strategy that's out there. Well, let's take it another step further, and I want to uh, bring Colin in on this. Colin, you asked the question, what's the point in measuring something if you're not going to do anything with that data? So Mm -hmm. my question to you is, turn that inside out, turn it upside down, Colin. How do you know until you can measure it whether that data will be valuable and there's something to do with it? Isn't that a growth process, a learning process, or am I being naive here? Um, no, certainly not naive. It's, um, and the important thing to remember is that um, strategy evolves and so should your reporting and your analysis evolve because precisely because you cannot know everything at the outset. 
There may be all sorts of factors that come in from left field that make you need to look at other, uh, other things. But um, the, it's very important to think about where you're trying to get to so that you don't just take the numbers which you've got, but you're looking for numbers which will actually inform how you're performing to where you're trying to get to. What are the outcomes? And particularly when you're looking at things which are a bit more intangible, it gets difficult. Um, so one of my hobby horses is that perception is, that, uh, is becoming more and more important in the way that we view organizations, the way that we take decisions. It would be wonderful if humans were these entirely rational um, beings that followed exactly the rational course. But we know from our own experience that very often the reason for our decision um, is due to a perception uh, of something. And it's how you actually build that into, into the factor, how you're perceived, you're, the branding effect, the trustworthiness, uh, mm -hmm. this sort of thing, which will make people um, choose you instead of someone else. So it's these factors which you've got to be put into the mix. I'm not saying it's easy to measure them, and mm -hmm. um, you mustn't get too hung up by the fact that, that measure, you won't be able to measure them to the 19th decimal point. But what you're looking for is a trend, is a, is a, a feel for where you're going. Okay, let's talk about the S word we introduced in the beginning of the show, success. We talked about you have to understand what success is going to look like because that becomes part of your measurement of performance. If you don't know what success looks like, how can you tell how well you're performing? Is the gap increasing? Is the gap narrowing? Steve Player, any thoughts on this? How do you, if this is a moving target, if risk comes in at all times of the day and night, if you're not sure what the trends are going to be, if new competitors come on the landscape in the marketplace, at any time and you didn't know they were coming or you didn't know how successful they're going to be, how do you solidify or pin down what your success will be so you can measure that performance? sounds to me like it's an escalator that just keeps going and going and going. What do you think, Steve? Well, typically today we've met, we've tasked that to the finance department. You know, they're the okay. management guys, they're the scorekeepers and so forth, and we give them that. And then his, that has trended to be a historical tool of comparison against the budget. Did we get the one-year target met? But the problem mm -hmm. is because we focus so much on the short-term one-year measurement that in many yes. cases we're blind. Now, you've got to understand most finance people are in kind of a different situation. If you look at if their organization is viewed as a cruise ship, most finance people are sitting on the stern of the, bo the boat looking backwards. So they're trying mm -hmm. to tell you about the future by looking at what has happened. And mm -hmm. we all know from that view it's a real bad way of trying to see what's ahead of us. So what we need to do is turn people around and think about the strategic plan is what this ship that we're all in needs to look like in the future. You know, the budget's not a clean sheet of paper you redo every year. Your organization's much more like a ship out on the ocean. And it's, a, it's an accumulation of cost and capabilities based on thousands of decisions you made in the past. And so how do we convert this ship from what it can do today to what the strategic plan demands it does in five years. And that's where forecasting comes in. That's where a forward-looking view comes in to get finance off the back of the boat and start managing continuously. It's one point I differ a little bit with Colin when he started earlier and talked about we start, we do, we start again. You know, mm -hmm. in most organizations today with mobility, with big data, with everything coming at us, we never stop. Operations certainly never stops. Finance may stop and do a year in, but the rest of the operation just keeps going. It keeps sailing the ship toward that future. And so you've got to sail with the new things coming at you, and you've got to realize the whole paradigm about how you think about management has got to change. 
Okay. Tim, I want you to enter this conversation, please. I know you say that strategies need to be flexible and resilient. They have to be designed so they can be adjusted to take into account new developments and innovation trends. But here's a caveat, without abandoning the entire strategy. What's your measure for keeping that strategy going while these trends and innovations are coming at you over the bow as it's stormy out there, to use the ship metaphor? What do you think, Tim? Yeah, I think a measurement for that is if we look back at, at past developments and uh, then compare that to our strategy, is the strategy still in place? Let's take the recent financial crisis starting in 2008. All companies had a strategy in, plain, in place. So looking back at that five years later, for which companies is the overall strategy still what it was before? Everybody had to take some adjustments to that. That's not a question. But if the strategy was flexible enough, all these parameters could be built in. New technology innovation trends could be built in without abandoning the overall strategy. So this is a measurement for me. Can the overall strategy still be in place and taking into account what's happening around me? Thank you. And I want to bring in the people factor before we go. We have about four minutes left till the break. When we come back, of course, it's the crystal ball segment. I'm going to ask each of my esteemed panelists to polish off, whether using a chamois or just the hot air, uh, <laughs> steam from the breath measurement to clean off the crystal ball and tell us what you see going forward for game plan, hitting a home run with your strategic game plan. But right now I want to bring in the people factor. Companies are made up of people. There is a human factor. There's the condition called culture in terms of the people who are not only putting together the strategy but executing it. Has that changed in the past? Steve, I'll ask you this because you're looking at rules and you're looking at history here. Has that changed at all in terms of the mindset, the people, the culture? Who is actually doing this strategy execution for any size company today? Is it the same title on their sweatshirt, Steve Player? Well, what we're seeing today is a really revolution in management. You see it in the writing of Gary Hamill. You see it in the, the Mix Project. You see a lot of people talking about, you know, an age of transparency. You hear people talking about how do we get engaged people? How do we get engaged a generation that, that's characterized by uh, a completely different way of thinking? So how we reach people is changing very, very radically to try to figure out how to get them back in the process. People are no longer cogs in a machine that, you, you know, you buy their hands and you get their brain, but you throw it away. Instead, we, we see this real shift in the expectation of what it means to work. It's also uncertain in that there's a huge displacement in that these people, are, you know, you don't go to the same company and work there 40 years. It's often mm -hmm. very much forming and unforming and moving around, so there's a lot more options. So the, the people element is one that you've got to use the new tools to figure out how to address in a new way to get people to become more engaged in, in actually owning that plan, owning that vision of what you want to, want to come to. You know, Jim Collins said you've got to get the right people on the bus, and I think that's still true today. How do you get people that are passionate about working together, about delivering? The destination may move and change. But how do we get how do we get kind of bound together by values and, and a mission sense that we can all rally behind? Very well put, Colin. You want to comment on that? Agree on the yeah. culture and yeah, go ahead. Steve, Steve really hit the nail on the head there because it comes back to what he's talking about. There is very much about what I was saying when nobody tells me anything. There's got to be this trust and this acceptance that the people who are going to be executing are uh, people with brains that know what they're doing and they will be able to use those brains to get the best result. And, uh, yeah, in some organizations that's difficult for, to, to develop that level of communication, that level of uh, trust, that uh, uh, willingness to share the information, to share the, uh, the, the secrets which people almost think there are, um, that, 
In, in, in many organizations, in my view, there are too many secrets, which really shouldn't be secrets, because those secrets are actually the information which allow the people who will um, be uh, able, who, uh, who need to execute, to actually be able to execute. Thank you. And Tim, you want to round this off before we go to break? What do you think about the people factor? Are they on the money there? Yeah, people in communication. And let me pick up on the quote, nobody tells me anything again. It's really mm-hmm. a great quote. But let me put a, a twist on that and, and look at it from a different perspective. I would say too many people tell me too much because I think when I talk to our customers, there's very seldom a lack of data. It's a lack of information. So we have too much, inf- uh, too much data available, and it's really about filtering that, getting the relevant information out of these huge masses of, of data and uh, that goes back to the um, culture factor, to, to people, communication. How do people communicate and get the right things across only the relevant information? There you go. Con- conversation, collaboration, communication. Here we go. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We've had a great second part of our roundtable here on financial excellence with Game Changers. When we come back after the break, you know what it is. Don't even think of going away, touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We have Colin Cooper from ISIL, Steve Player from Beyond Budgeting Roundtable, Tim Tynzer from SAP. We're going to be talking about how exactly will that home run be hit i.e. strategic game plan five years from today in 2018. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. We'll be right back. Okay, guys, start polishing off the crystal ball. Brad out. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now. According to IDC, by 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime, anywhere, and on any device. www.sap.com Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Welcome back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Comments? Questions? Send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the show at hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers. We are Je pense donc je suis. Quick reminder for my Game Changer listeners looking for a free Aberdeen white paper. I've got one for you on secure delivery of corporate email, BI dashboards, and customer inventory and sales data. Go to our page on Voice America, the business channel. Click any banner and go to a page filled with all kinds of free informational offers on us. Okay, guess what? It's crystal ball time. I asked my three esteemed panelists to polish off with whatever polishing tool 
tool they're using today in various parts of the world. And tell me, in five years from today, 2018, what will a home-run strategic game plan look like? How hard will it be to get there? And who will be driving that bus or steering that ship? Let's start with Colin Cooper from Missile. Colin, can you look ahead five years for me? Wow, looking ahead five years is... uh it's getting hazy out there, but I think one of the things that we can, some of the things that we can start to think of is taking where we are now and start to plot that forward. And we can already see that the way that uh, self-service of, of information, the way that the increased flexibility that both Tim and Steve have also talked about is coming in. And I think that's going to be um, very much the, the aspect that we can see. So that there won't be those monolithic structures that we see there. Um, there will be a much more flexibility. There will be a lot of um, delegation down to the levels that um, are making the difference. Um, and there's going to be real diversity of uh, activity out there to make these things happen. Um, there's the whole aspect of uh, perception, I think, will be um, much more accepted just because you can't put a hard number on it, as I mentioned earlier. Um, it's going to be um, something which is a real, uh, really accepted um, and as part of that um, almost budgeting process. Thinking of the leading indicators, Steve very, um, put it very well, talking about looking from the back of the ship and steering. There's going to be much more of an understanding of the idea of um, a leading indicator. So you don't just look at sales, you look at the pipeline as well. If you've ravaged the pipeline to get the sales for this quarter, what's that going to do to next quarter, the quarters beyond? What are you doing to actually develop things beyond that period? And this is where people are going to be um, a lot. It's got, the tools are going to be put in place to enable people to do this thinking um, at a much wider level within the organization. So um, they're going to be, uh, the analyst is going to be much closer to the business. The analyst is going to be part of the business. Um, to be able to uh, to make these things happen. Very important. Analysts be part of the business. I like that. Thank you, Colin. And let's move to Steve Player. Steve, can you look ahead five years for me, or is it cloudy and a little hazy like it was for Colin? But he did a great job anyway. What do you think, Steve? Well, the, the environment will be cloudy, but the ship we're on, we have a lot of control over what we develop. Uh, we've already begun to see people move by the recent CFO articles, uh, moving beyond budgets, eliminating those completely. Uh, so in five years, we're going to be past budgets. We're going to be past monthly closes. We're going to move to where we're virtual with everything. The management becomes continuous. It's not start-stop. It's always continuous with a vision, moving toward a vision of where we want our ship to become. So we're going to be constantly doing projects and initiatives to improve our capability to deliver, to improve our capability to understand and serve customers. And we're going to be losing predictive analysis. So instead of looking at the dollars, which we spend a lot of time today, we're going to move back upstream. And we're going to look at the physical things that cause the dollars to actually occur. So we'll look at sales not by looking at revenue, but by looking at the sales pipeline and seeing if we have enough good leads coming in and working to shrink the amount of time it takes to take them through the pipeline and close them into sales. And that will make our supply chain smarter in terms of where we're going. Mobility certainly moves people around. As, as Colin mentioned, mm -hmm. the, the planners go to the front lines. They, move, they can move anywhere. They can do their job anywhere. They're not tied to the corporate computer. So they're up on the front lines seeing, observing, helping the business unit, and they're literally on the front of the boat working side by side with the captains. There's a lot of what-if analysis. 
a lot of, you know, what could happen. We can't manage uncertainty, but if we've got a plan, you know, our, our book, Future Ready, How to Master Business Forecasting, we called it Future Ready, not because we could predict the future, but because through scenario analysis and building game plans for whatever might come at us, we can be ready for it. And that's the organization of the future, one that can go left, right. Whatever happens, we've got a game plan to take advantage of it. And therefore, we're going to be nimble, we're going to be quicker, and we're going to be crushing the competition. I like that. I like that. I always, I always have in the back of my mind, Steve, if everybody's crushing the competition, is there any competition? And if everybody's successful, then I think everybody wins. But that's a whole different Game Changer show. Thank you. Let's move to Tim Tynzer from SAP. Tim, how clear is that crystal ball? Can you also look ahead five years or tell me how long? Yeah, let's stick with five years for the moment. And okay. as you remember from the quote, quote I chose, uh, it's not only about predicting the future, it's on us to create it. But for the moment, let's just stick with the prediction and then after the call, go right away ahead and, and create the future. So a lot of the things um, that were mentioned, I can see also in my crystal ball. So we have some alignment here, and that's great. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what else I can see here. Please. And um, one thing that we mentioned before, and I think we will see that much more, is uh, KPIs and measurement technique for strategic planning that measure things we cannot measure today. I mentioned innovation, things um, that are not that tangible, and I think we will go beyond pure financial reporting and will be able to capture these as well. Secondly, I think uh, technology innovation will help us a lot with that. We heard that from Steve as well. All the leading edge technology that uh, is emerging right now will just be standard for all the applications we have. We will be able to process huge uh, masses of data within memory computing, mobile access, integration into social collaboration software will be all around us. So planning can be adjusted on the fly. Execution can be tracked anytime and anywhere. And finally, let me apply one thought out of the box mm-hmm. thinking here. We talk a, sure. lot, a lot about game changer right now and strategic game plan. So let me um, use that word game here. And I think we'll see a lot more of gamification. That mm. means let's imagine strategy management more like a computer strategy game. Players, employees collect points when they achieve their KPIs or overachieve the KPIs. They will advance to the next level. So I think this will really boost employee engagement. People will look at it completely differently. It will bring fun into strategy management, and uh, I think this gamification, we will see a lot of that. If we combine that with the technology and all of that that we heard today, I think that's going to be a real game changer. I like it. I like it. I wish we'd brought that up earlier in the conversation. We might have to get together again and talk about that. I'm going to throw a bonus round at my panel. I want you to each just give me a one-sentence answer, please. Who will be the people to change the game at this strategic description, strategic design, strategic analysis, and strategic execution? Who will be either in the C-suite or in in upper management who will be leading the charge to change the game so that strategic game plans can be winning game plans? Let's start with Colin Cooper quickly. Who's going to be the person, age age or education or what? Give me a one-sentence answer. Well, I think it's time to see the evolution of something called a chief strategy officer which is starting to come in. People actually thinking of taking these areas and bringing them together. And uh, that, could, that, that, air, that role could be something which uh, gets uh, more traction around the place um, and could be the one to, to actually act as that collaboration center. Thank you. Great. Steve Player, who will be that person? I need what, just one sentence. We're running out of time here. I think that person would be an agile, fearless person that learns from the environment 
that will tackle that, and they're likely to be younger rather than older. Ah, thank you. Looking for that. And Tim Tynzer, who will that person be? I'll keep it very short, and this goes out to all our listeners. It's you. So it's on all of us. <laughs> take, take it into your hand, and you, you can change it. Empower yourself. Now it's time for my predictions, and mine are written down so they're easy. Next week here on Financial Excellence, May 14th, where is the year going? We'll be talking about the role of internal audit and how those leaders are driving risk and compliance programs. May 21st, you don't want to miss this one. Compliance, spotlight on anti-bribery and anti-corruption. Woo! Tomorrow is Coffee Break with Game Changers. May 8th, we're talking about your contact center, the first face your customers see. That's what I said. Call center, see. Uh-huh, you got to listen in. And on May 15th, it's CSR, Corporate Social Responsibility, Supply Chain, and Environmental Sustainability. All great topics. I want to thank my special guest today, Colin Cooper, Steve Player, Tim Tynzer. Thank you for calling in from all over the world. Appreciated your time, your insights, your smarts. Wonderful panel. Thanks for sharing your expertise. Shout-outs to Malcolm Faulkner. Thank you for tweeting for us today. Aaron Hughes, Malcolm Kimberlin, Michael Lortz, and Brad and Ryan on the Business Channel team. It was a miracle today, but we got on the air live. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Here's my call to action. Put your seatbelt on. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game-changer today. Thank you for listening to Financial Excellence with Game Changers. Bonnie signing off. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run business is run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to hashtag SAPRADIO and join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time, here on the Business Channel, wishing you a game-changing week. Music.